Hey, welcome to Intentional Living today. Think about it. What, what is it in life that's created disappointment for you? What have you been disappointed about? Disappointed with, your, with yourself, with your work, with your finances, with your kids, with your spouse, um, with your neighbor, your dog? I don't know. What have you been disappointed in uh, in life? And I chuckle because we all face disappointment. What's the source of disappointment? Well, we live in a fallen world and there's sin. We know things are broken. You get disappointed when you hop in your car and you realize it's not working right. And you just took it to the shop and spent a thousand bucks to have it repaired and then it's still rattling or whatever. Uh, Disappointment is a part of life. And so how do you deal with it? An expectation, here it is. Here's the formula. An expectation, whenever it's not met with reality, creates disappointment. 888-888-1717 to join the comment line to tell us your story today. How have you overcome disappointment in your life? How have you been intentional to keep moving forward? That's what we're talking about. Continuing the discussion from last week, and we got some callers uh, ready to go. Um, let me see here. Linda is on the phone here. Which line is Linda on here? I guess I'm not quite clear where Linda is. We'll have to get to her in a moment. I'll tell you what. Let's go to Amber uh, in uh, in Arizona. How, how are you feeling today? What? Why is it you called, Amber? I'm feeling discouraged, and I'm I'm battling with the situation right now with disappointment, and I'm just trying to find maybe some advice on how to be intentional with the situation rather than living the way the world wants us to live. Mm-hmm. So my fiance. It's, it's one of those cases where y- you keep making promises and promises and promises and you get better, you, you promise to change, and then you, you do make those changes temporarily. And then a week later, you do the same action that you did before. And mm-hmm. then you want to beg for forgiveness again and again and again. And I understand that God wants us to forgive as if he would. But when it gets to a point where you're being embarrassed in public or your family is being affected, like your your mother and your your grandma and your brothers and other people like that, which is a situation where with my fiance, he has these feuds with my family, particularly my brothers. Mm. And he will get in literal verbal arguments, loud fights in public. And, you know, I've told him, like, you can't behave this way. You're supposed to behave and act as a man of God. But instead, you, you're completely embarrassing me and, and yourself. And, and, and then he, he admits it, and then he changes a little bit, and then it comes back around. Amber, is that what it is? Exactly. It's, it's over and over again. Mm. Well, I think the question, Amber, is um, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to handle that? Um, I, let, let me just say this. I, I think it's a, a reality that when we expect someone else to change, that's foolishness. It's, it's a fool's errand to think that somebody else is going to change because you want them to change. Uh, you know, I talk about the three-foot rule. I have a little out here in, the, uh, in our family room where I do my teaching with the staff. Um, there's a rug. It's a three-foot rug, and I try to stand on it as a reminder of this three-foot diameter is basically all I have control of. Where I stand, what I think, what I say, how I respond, that's all I have control of. I don't have control of you. I don't have control of my wife, my kids, my neighbors. And so when we try to control things that we don't have control of, and boy, do I, I wrestle with that because I'm a fixer. I like to fix problems. I, I jokingly tell tell. The, the family, just call me at 1-800, you know, triple A, triple A, 1717. I can fix your problem. And the reality is I can't fix anything. God can fix things in your life. 
and you can fix things in your life, but others can't. God can change your life, and you can make changes in your life, but but that's not something somebody else can do. And so uh, to expect someone to change is really foolishness, and we tell people the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That's true. And we know people can change, and some do, but let's face it, it's, it's, a, it's a process. And so that would be something to think about. All right, I think I found Linda on line five. Hi, Linda, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, I've, you found me. <laughs> I, I found you. There you are. Yes. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Good. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, good. What, good. what have you learned about expectations, Linda? Well, this came a long time ago to me, and I'm not sure by whom, but anyway, um, I have lived by the philosophy of not expecting too much of my husband. He's now deceased, but uh, my husband or anyone, because if if you don't have great expectations and it doesn't happen, you're not going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. If it does exceed your expectations, then you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that so, that is um, that that needs to be repeated because, and I know we have to have <laughs> expectations, but listen listen to what Linda's telling you. If you have reasonable expectations or lower expectations, then when something happens, you're going to be more you're going to feel better about it than if your expectations are unrealistic. Now, when you look back on that, did that work for you, or do you say, "Well, I should have had a few more expectations in life"? You know. It worked for me. There were times when I was pretty proud of my husband for just remembering our anniversary, just remembering <laughs> it. You know, um, I, I can tell you that the, when my first child was born, um, I had never been given a rose, and I, I love red roses. Well, he he brought it, came into my hospital room with a red carnation, <laughs> but it was you know his intention was good. It was just and, the wrong flower, so, but it was, his intention was good. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And then we get home, and you know, and it's like, oh, I don't know who messed up the house. It's just a mess. And it's like, honey, I have not been here to follow you around picking up after you. You know, but like I said, if you don't expect too much, then you're not going to always be disappointed. You get married, and the two become one, but I don't think you can become of one mind. Yeah. <laughs> not all the way. <laughs> you know, I think you raise a real, it's an interesting thing that you're talking about, Linda, is that we can lower our expectations but we got to be careful if we have a spouse who has lower expectations and we don't take advantage of it. We can take advantage of that. You deserved a rose, not a carnation, right? Even though he thought his intentions were good. Listen, you know, you know how we judge ourselves? We judge ourselves on our intentions. But the other people always judge us on their expectations. And so that formula creates a dynamic. And so understanding that balance, having reasonable expectations, that's the way I look at it. We got to have expectations, but they need to be reasonable, and they need to be in line with you know how the world works and the sinful world that we live in, and and where God is in our life and where we are in our stage of life. And there's certain expectations. Expectations at at my stage in life are different than when when I was a young person. Just about health and energy and everything. I mean, you got to have reasonable expectations at different stages in life, and so uh, not too high, not too low. Goldilocks, just right, right? Right in the middle. All right. Thank you, Linda. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go to James uh, in Kansas. Hey, James. How you doing? Not bad, sir. How about yourself? Good. What have you learned about expectations? So for me, I've learned Philippians 4.13 and 
16. Worry about nothing but pray about everything because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So how does that impact you when you have uh, an expectation or disappointment in life that's not met? Well, I'm actually going through it. So uh, my ex-wife and I are separated. My daughter lives with the ex-wife in a completely separate state. Mm. But God gave me a dream before any of this ever went down. So, of course, the, the beauty of he knows all things that my daughter was going to come back into my life. And I have to renew my mind uh, from time to time, just remembering God's already promised me that it's going to happen. So, hence, worry about nothing, pray about everything, and then I can do all things. So even though the waiting is hard, I know it can be done because he is giving me the strength to do it. Amen. And during the waiting, what do we do? I think in the waiting, we always work on ourselves uh, and not on others. Uh, Again, back to that little three-foot word picture. If we can work on ourselves, our attitude, you know, things in our lives, then we become better able and more equipped to receive that when God does answer that in our lives. It's a great reminder, James. Uh, thank you for your call. And, and, and real, real oh, go quick, ahead. too, it also ties in with um, Hebrews, I think it's 11.1, one, might be 10.1. Uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for. That's right. But not seen. Mm-hmm. And when I did a little Bible study on that, uh, the teacher who taught me said uh, that he likes to add in words, as yet. Yeah, and then we're, so, it's still still to come. It's still hoped for. All right, thank you, James. Sounds like you're driving. Be safe, my friend. Uh, we're going to take a break. Come back. Glenn has an interesting spin on this. I want to hear what the, he has to say about uh, without disappointment, we can't grow. If we get everything we expect, what does that mean? We'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. You keep saying that, and then I'm back. All right, thank you, Kurt. Uh, Dr. Randy here from the Intentional Living Center, along with Jennifer and Stephen. We're talking today about expectations. It's one of the four things that we teach at our at Intentional Living uh, conferences and at our marriage conferences. Expectations, we talk about communication. We talk about the power of habits. Habits can make a difference in our life. Um, and goals. Those are the four things that we really focus on uh, when it comes to having an intentional marriage. And expectation is number one. Because an expectation not fulfilled creates disappointment. And I think a lot of marriages in particular get into trouble because an expectation is not met. And as the scripture says, a hope that's deferred makes the heart sick. And we got a lot of sick-hearted people in life. And we all have that. We all feel disappointed uh, at times. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Uh, Glenn, let me see. I'm going to go to Glenn uh, in Michigan. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? How you guys all doing? Good. Good. Now you're now you're saying no disappointment. You can't grow unless you get disappointed from time to time. Well, I tell you what. A lot of people, um, everyone wants things for themselves, and uh, 
it's last time I checked, it wasn't my will to be done. It was guy his will, his will to be done in my life, not my will. What do I know? What do I know? What I need? You know, he knows what I need, and all these things and regrets I've had in my life. You know what? That I wish didn't happen to me. Those are the things. These 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 disappointment things that have happened to me are the things that have made me grown into the person that I love today. You know, if I didn't have these certain things happen to me that nobody wants happen to them, you know, how would I have grown? Mm -hmm. I had to go through all these disappointments, all this hurt and pain for me to, to grow, to learn to who, you know, figure out who I am in Christ, you know? So, I mean, certain things, yeah, I don't, you know, we all, we all suffer. And, um, you know, being a Christian is not easy. You know, you're going to suffer. But I tell you what, you're going to grow, too. And it's, you know, you read, read the Bible, you're going to have life with abundance, but you got to believe. you got, you got to believe. Yeah, you got to believe, and you also have to continue to act on what we believe. That's intentional living, not only being hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. And I would say, Glenn, I think when we talk about disappointment and pain in our life, let's be honest, sometimes it's self-inflicted. It's like we shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, we hurt ourselves. Now, hopefully we learn from that, but I know people who shoot themselves in the foot and then they shoot themselves in the other foot. Hello? You know, listening to me? <laughs> we do that, and that's not so smart. And so the quicker we can learn the lessons, the better off we're going to be. We teach with kids teaching logical, natural consequences, helping kids see the disappointments and the decisions they make and the things that they do. If they can learn from those things, helping them learn when they're young that's a, that's a life change. I tell people, don't stand in the gap with your kids too quickly to, to take away from them the painful realities of decisions they've made, because if they don't learn that lesson, and I think that's what Glenn's reminding us of, if they don't learn the lesson, they're going to repeat it again, maybe later when the consequences are much greater. And so learning the consequences of certain decisions, especially early on, is a powerful way to continue to grow. So thank you, Glenn. Well, you know what? We got uh, we got two two Glens here. One with a one end and one with two ends. All right, Glenn in uh, Arizona. How you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. What have you learned about expectations, Glenn? Well, mine is quite different than most others. My, um, I've been married for forty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I have been faithfully serving the Lord for about 45 years. And in 2021, she got COVID and it really messed up her brain. Mm. So that uh, nowadays she's using uh, marriage ending sentences like, if you don't change, it's over. Wow. And this was, this was after COVID. None of this was obvious before that illness correct well is she aware of that or she have had awareness of the illness her, impact? i have yes i have told her this a few times and it doesn't sink in um mm-hmm. she also got covid again about five weeks ago and um what she's now saying she's using absolutes now with mm-hmm. everything uh, it's you're never doing anything I asked you to do. You're so, constantly doing something. 
So 45 years, you guys, from your perspective, were doing great or fine. And then all of a sudden after COVID, have you asked her what was different before COVID than after? I mean, did she feel this way 10, 15 years ago? No. And one of the things that she did almost immediately after getting COVID in 2021 was that she called up various people in her family who she claimed wronged her when she was growing up and oh. basically told them off. Well, she, did, she has always been a very timid person. So for her to do this huh. was out of the box. Did she have a really severe case of COVID? I mean, was she hospitalized? No. Oh. No. And, and in fact, because she has a uh, compromised immune system, she got on drugs right away and she was over it in two weeks. Wow. it's interesting. I, Medically can't address that, obviously, because that's not my expertise. Um, but I, I would say, Glenn, that something obviously happened. And I, I think, here's what I think. I think when we went through COVID, I think a lot of people's heads got messed with. I think a lot of people may have come out of COVID with a different attitude about life, about priorities. I mean, look at it in the workforce, look at it in terms of how people view life. Uh, I think it was subtle but powerful in the lives of people. Maybe it's... Maybe these were things that your wife had suppressed, pushed down, and then as a result of going through COVID, something caused her to let this stuff come to the surface. These these thoughts and things that she wants to, um, you know, that that he has on her uh, on her heart, and the fact that you're continuing to be faithful and trying to do what what's right, I congratulate you for that. I would encourage you, Glenn. Maybe you have already, but I, if not, I would encourage you to really say, hey, honey, we need to get some counseling. I think you got to get some things out on the table and really explore. It would be interesting to have a professional really explore what's going on in the relationship. How did you get here? Was COVID just a trigger or did it really have some impact in her in her mind and her brain function? I don't know. Um, but I think getting some counseling, get some medical evaluation would be helpful. But at the end of the day, these are her. this is her reality today. This is how she's feeling. And you need to address that and together to be able to sit down and really uncover maybe 45 years of feelings. I don't know. We'll be praying for you. That's, that's a difficult one. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. What are some things we should be talking about in our family that, that we're not talking about? One of the reasons I think we have so much stress in our family and difficulty in our relationships within this well, this beautiful thing that we call family is because we haven't learned how to communicate. Because kids, you know, they have different ways of communicating. Sometimes they're listeners, sometimes they're talkers, sometimes their emotions are worn out on their sleeve, and sometimes they bury those things. And there are always things in a family we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about expectations. We need to be talking about schedules and priorities and values and beliefs, about uh, what we believe and why we believe it. There are so many things that we need to be talking about and so if we can just decide what are one or two things that we need to talk about and make sure that they become a priority in our family time. An excerpt from the teaching, we're talking about intentional living in stressed out, difficult families that are hurting uh, this month, our master class for our intentional living support family. And if you're not part of the team, hey, come join us. Your monthly support makes a difference. Whatever it is that God lays on your heart that you're able to give, that you feel could be an additional 
uh, offering to impact people for Christ, let us know. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. Click on that donate icon. We'll get that to you. Uh, I wanted to follow up for a moment. Glenn was telling us um, that what he's doing now is just to try to do what his wife expects, trying to meet expectations. But you know what will happen? There's a point where that can wear you out, too, when you're saying, hey, wait a minute. These are not reasonable or this is, you know, uh, trying to get the core issues often is the healthiest way. But uh, I congratulate and applaud the fact that you're working on the marriage and working on uh, trying to get to the bottom what's going on. A lot of families been affected by the last few years in the, in the, in the world for sure. If you just joined us, Intentional Living is focused on uh, expectations minus reality and how that can impact your life. Donna is, um, she shared with us here at the center, I had a chance to talk to her a little bit. I want to share what our conversation was. It's painful. She's been disappointed with her whole life. Take a listen. Thank you, Dr. Andy. Mm. I'm very surprised to find myself on the radio, but God works in mysterious ways. Mm. Why is it? Why did you call? Because your question about being disappointed just just went to my heart. Mm. And um, as I was telling Steve, I just, I've been disappointed almost my whole life. I was raised in a supposedly Christian home, but we never talked about it. They sent me to a parochial school. You know, Jesus was never mentioned unless it was um, in relation to a curse. Mm. I felt totally unwanted and unloved, especially by my mother. I felt that she instigated corporal punishment by my father. So you never felt like you measured up, did you? Never, never. And I was always very um, bright, very smart. I was always, um, you know, I got the highest grades on everything on my brothers and Mm -hmm. sisters, and it just didn't matter. Do you feel like you? Do you feel like a disappointment today? Oh my gosh! Well, my dad's gone almost twenty years, and I, I don't have a real good relationship with my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, so but in relationships in general. But Donna, relationships in general, do you feel like you're a disappointment? Like you don't measure up? Yes, because I also was married and divorced three times. Yeah. And I have children at each of those marriages. And I don't even have good relationships with Mm. my daughters. Mm. Oh, Donna, listen, I had a chance to talk to her a while ago and and share, share her call with you here today. I hope you pray for her. Uh, you know, what what we hear so often with levels of disappointment that get to this stage is it tends to be cumulative, cumulative, meaning I'm disappointed about one thing and then maybe don't respond correctly to that. And that creates another decision that leads to another disappointment. And then as a result, I do that bad decision again, and then I'm disappointed again. I think it's very important for us as we think about this topic of expectations to see like it's almost like um, a warning to us that we're coming down with some sort of a virus. You know, you can feel it like, you know, when sickness is coming on 
and I'm going to stop and figure out what's going on so I can treat the problem. And so if you're feeling disappointed today, ask yourself, why? Why am I disappointed? What's the source of this disappointment? Is it a reality or is it in my head? And I'm going to be really, really careful about the next one thing I do in response to how I'm feeling because it's so easy to do something dumb in the process. And so I encourage us to think about expectations as almost like a warning signal on the dashboard of a happy life and saying, hey, why am I disappointed? What is this going to do and how should I respond to it? So I don't get to a place where I have so many collected bad decisions that result in more disappointment that I almost feel overwhelmed, just like Donna does. Pray for her today. That's what, uh, what it can lead to in our lives. I constantly expect more from uh, my siblings than she can offer, and my family in general. I've always had this idealistic family view. I come from a broken family and a dysfunctional family, and I'm the one who, like, whenever things were going wrong in our family, I tried to be the clown and try and say, look at me, look at me, don't argue. My sister, I really would like to be a friend to her. I would like support from her. And she just is not capable of that. And we're black and white as far as our morality, as far as our worldview, everything. And I think that if I would let go of the expectations of my family, let them be who they are and not what I think they should be to meet my needs, that that would probably help a lot. Mm, thank you for sharing that uh, with us, wrapping up the show here today. And, and if you missed the first show last week, uh, I think it was on the 8th, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope you go and listen to it. This was kind of a two-parter as we talked about this power of disappointment in our lives, which is really a result of expectations minus reality. So what does it mean to you? you've given us a few minutes of your time or maybe the whole half hour to listen, to hear these calls. Uh, What difference is it going to make in your life? We believe the only reason to do a podcast or radio show is to impact someone for Christ. And so if you're feeling disappointed today, maybe even disappointed in God, you expect God to have answered your prayer already. And yet you're in the waiting period, or maybe the answer is different than what you want. And we can wrestle with these things in our life, not only toward other humans and toward, you know, other relationships, but even our relationship with Christ. To realize that we have a perfect God and he loves us and he cares for us. And that whatever he's doing in our life, as we often say, he's not done with us yet. He's not done with whatever he's working out in our lives. And if we could take every day and trust him and have reasonable expectations, and live our lives in accordance to His Word. This is what intentional living is all about, making that next right decision, every day doing one thing to move us in the direction that bring glory to God, benefit to others, and then decluttering our lives, and maybe the declutter today is some anger or bitterness or something in your life that's holding you back because you're disappointed with a series of decisions of yourself or others that led to disappointment in your life. That's really our hope for you today. That's why the Intentional Living Ministry exists, and that's why we're here. So on behalf of Jennifer and Stephen and a host of others that are somewhere in the building, or because we're in the middle of a remodel at home working today, uh, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson thanking you for being a part of Intentional Living with your prayers, your support, your encouragement, 
And uh, we'll see you next time right here from the Intentional Living Center.